Hello, and welcome to the Christian Worship Assembly podcast, The Church Without Walls. Listen as Pastor Frederick brings forth the word and breaks it down for listeners of all ages. Get ready to be blessed by the Lord as God uses him to reveal his will over our lives. The word of God told us that the Old Testament was good, right? The Old Testament was good. It was a good foundation. But the New Testament is better. Right? So what does that mean? That means that some things in the Old Testament, you know, God is really not worried about anymore. Like, you know, working on the Sabbath day, cleaning the house on the Sabbath day, and different things like that. But Jesus said that I didn't come to destroy the old but I came to fulfill it. So this means that anytime you read something in the New Testament, then you need to be considering that thing and hold that thing close to your heart. Any scripture in the New Testament, it is fulfilled by Jesus Christ. I'm starting out by saying that this morning because a lot of times when we read the word of God, when we begin to get into his word and begin to study his word, we don't want to believe it. We don't want to believe it. We don't want to believe what the word of God says. And a lot of times we don't want to believe what the word of God says, and when you don't believe it, you don't do the word of God. Amen? A lot of times you might have your own opinion about certain things because there's a lot that is attached to you. Let me say that again. There is a lot that is attached to you that is keeping you from receiving the full blessings of God on your life. There is too much that is attached to you. It can be spiritual attachments and physical attachments. It can be things in your life that you need to get out of your life that God is not pleased with. It can be people in your life. Oh, yeah, I said it. That's holding you back. You can be attached to people that's holding you back, and God is telling you to get your dreams off the shelf, get your vision off the shelf, and the things that he has planned for you. But when you're attached to people, that don't have a vision, and they don't want to grow, and they don't want to do nothing, then you become just like that person. They've taken, they've taken the fire of God out of you. Well, you used to praise the Lord. A lot of people come in, and they don't praise God like they used to. It's because of the attachment. Somebody say the attachment. Now, the message that I bring for this morning, I want you to understand that it's not something to try to get you to the place where you can't go out and witness to people and you can't be friends with people. No, I'm not trying to say that. Because I got a lot of homeboys still out there. And I stop every now and then and holler at them and see what's happening. You see what I'm saying? But you have to have a limit you can't begin to let things pull on you. 
You are supposed to be the one that pulls. You have to be steadfast because the times are wicked. And I know that the word of God is correct. I know the word of God is correct. But we have to begin to apply the word of God to our life so that the blessings of God can fully manifest. Yeah, I know you got some stuff. I know you got a car. I know you got a house. I know you got a little money in the bank. But $100 and $200 in the bank ain't, ain't worth two cents. I was praying last night. I said, Lord, show me. I said, our people need some fire back in. I said, Lord, our people need the fire back in them. Our people need some spark inside of them. You have to understand that God is getting ready to involve. He's going to take us to another place, but you got to be ready. If you're not ready, I'm going to run without you. I'm going to run and not be weary. Because God is getting ready to do some stuff. How can we be a church without walls? And then you put the wall up. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you something. God is trying to call you. We see folk that need ministering too, but you put the wall up. I'm going in Walmart. I'm going to get what I need, and I'm going out of here. I don't want to talk to nobody because I'm hungry. I'm going to get my groceries. I'm going to take my groceries back to the house, and I don't want nobody to bother with me. And you put the wall up. But then we say the church without walls. But we continue to keep this wall up because we don't want nobody to get inside. You don't want nobody in your business. You don't got no time. That's right for nobody. Because you put the wall up. And you got to ask yourself sometimes. You say, Lord, why am I not receiving the full blessing of God? Why am I not receiving the promises that you said that I, that I could have? A lot of times we live in this life and when you lay down at bed at night and you say, well, Lord, I thank you for what I have. You're supposed to thank God for what he has, but what God has for you, he can do exceedingly and abundantly than what you're doing. He said, I have the ability to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think. He has the ability to do more in your life, but a lot of times we settle. Why do we settle? Because you want to use the scripture where the word of God says, be modest and content. And, but you don't understand what modesty and content really means. Being modest and content means you're not going around complaining about what you don't have. That's what the scripture was talking When the scripture was telling you about being content, he was, he's trying to get us to a place where we won't be complaining about what we don't have and covenant the things that somebody else has had. But Jesus said something. Jesus said, Jesus was the type of man that wasn't content. Oh, somebody don't want to hear what I got to say. Jesus was not content because, matter of fact, he didn't have nothing no way. The word of God said that he came down and he became poor so that we could become rich. That's what the word of God says. But the reason why I say he wasn't content, because when the disciples were eating and they were asking Jesus, they said, you're not going to eat any food? 
Jesus said, no, my meat is to do the will of God and to see his work finish. That lets me know that Jesus wasn't content in the, in the things with, that were going on around him in the spirit. He was looking at his disciples, skipping around, eating and drinking. And Jesus said, wait a minute, I'm not content with what I'm seeing. There has to be something more. There has to be. You, sometimes you got to wake up and, and, and realize there has to be something more in my life. Instead of get up in the morning, go to work, come home, fit dinner, clean the house, eat. Watch a little television show and go to bed. Get up next day, do it all over again. But then you're not realizing that God is calling you to be a runner. You got to ask yourself, I'm not going to be waiting on God to do, on, do something for nothing. If I'm going to wait on God, I'm going to wait on God and I'm going to expect him to do something more in my life instead of just sitting here and saying, this is it. And a lot of times we get so content with what we have, we say, oh, this is it. This is it. This is fall. We're going to go in my life. This is it. I'm just going to stay right here, right here where I'm at. And God is calling me to be a runner because the word of God said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall what? Run and not be weary and walk and not faint, meaning that you're not supposed to stay in one spot, meaning you're supposed to be progressing, meaning that you're supposed to be going somewhere. Wait a minute now. He said they that wait. He said they that wait. So he's saying that I want you to wait on me, but then I want progression. Progression. He said, he said you shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. But either way it goes, if you're running, you're going somewhere. And if you're walking, you're going somewhere. But a lot of times... You'll link up with buddies, friends, link up with people from high school that don't believe what you believe, don't believe that God is able, don't believe that God will make it through for you, don't believe that Jesus is Lord, and wondering why you're in neutral mode. You can be in neutral mode because your buddy in neutral mode. God don't want you in neutral mode, but the reason why you're in neutral mode because you surround your pe yourself with people that don't want anything out of life. And they're not expecting the God, God to do what he promised he said he was going to do in your life. They're not even expecting it. They're just living. I don't want to just be living. Look at your neighbor and say, I I'm tired of just living. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of just living. I'm tired of just existing on this, on this earth, not knowing the purpose in my life, not knowing where God want to take me. You not knowing where God want to take you. You're just living. You're just existing. You're saying, Lord, I'm just here. And the whole time, God is saying, I'm calling you higher. I'm calling you to a high place. Even my, even my father used to say, he said, God has taken us to a spacious land. But we worry. We worry and we complain. And the Lord said, I'm supposed, the Lord said, I'm supposed to give you houses that you didn't build. 
putting so much work into something when God say you ain't supposed to be working that hard. You are supposed to be doing more believing than working. More believing than working. But there is an attachment problem. Let me go to scripture. There's attachment problem. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 18. Now, I want y'all to understand in, in, in 2 Corinthians, there are passages of scripture that Paul is speaking in 2 Corinthians, speaking to the church of Corinth, telling them what kind of ministry is a kingdom ministry. If you've read those passages of scripture, some in some scriptures, some texts it was saying, you know, a righteous ministry, a believing ministry, a faith-based ministry, and different types of ministry. But there is a ministry, a ministry in the kingdom of God that we're, we are not even understanding. We are supposed to be operating this way, but we're allowing people to be attached to us. People attached to you that's holding you back. Holding you back, keeping you from getting the blessings of God. Keeping you from receiving the fullness of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, I'm going to get free today. I'm going to really get free. I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to get free. Say, Lord, you're calling me higher. Higher places. The attachment. You got to start beginning to evaluate where the attachment is coming from. Who is it? Who is keeping me from getting the blessings of God? Who is, who, who, where am I attached to? Is, is it the shows that I watch that's keeping me? Is it the people that I'm around that's keeping me? What is it, Lord? What is something that is on me? It's just like a man that's buzzing in your ear. Trying to get in your nose. What is attaching me? What is this thing that's on me that's attaching my life that's holding me back? You got to be able to have a spirit of discernment and understand where the attachment is coming from. And, and you got to understand what the word of God says. It says, be ye separated. You know what the problem is within the church? Why people are not really getting blessed like they're supposed to? Because... They'll, under, they'll live a faith-based ministry. They'll live a Bible-believing ministry. They will live a, in a giving ministry. They will live in a charismatic ministry or spirit-filled ministry, but they don't want to operate in the separated ministry. The Lord spoke to me last night and said, the separated ministry is what's going to evolve you in the faith-based ministry, in the Holy Spirit-believing ministry. Some folks say, no, it, it's the job that I have that's holding me back. It's the job that I have that, that's keeping me from getting my uh, two-story house. It's the job that I have that's keeping me from getting the car that I want. It's a job, it's the things that I'm going through that's keeping me from reading my word and elevating in the word of God like I should. No, it ain't. It's the attachments. You surrounding yourself with folk that, that God don't want you to be attached to. And then you, you use the scripture, 
you use that scripture, you say, well, Jesus went and sat down and ate and drunk with them and don't understand the meaning behind those scriptures. You're supposed to be doing exactly what Jesus is doing, but it's supposed to be for a spiritual purpose. You go home, everything been going good between the wife. Everything been going good between the husband. But all of a sudden, you go home and y'all get to arguing and cutting up, and you wonder where that thing come from because you've been going, you've been going out to lunch with your girlfriend. She's supposed to be saved, but she's telling you that she's been seeing somebody else and thinking about getting a divorce. Now, you have let that spirit contaminate everything that God is trying to do in your house because you sat down and you ate dinner with a spirit that wasn't with God. You could be talking on the phone with spirits, eating dinner with spirits conversating with spirits socializing with spirits texting on Facebook with spirits twittering folks with spirits you don't understand that there is a such thing called a hitchhiking spirit a spirit can see your walk with God and be attached to somebody else but because he already know that he got them You'll socialize with them, eat dinner with them, do all these things with them, and then you taking home spirits that have hitchhiked a ride with you. Originally, you didn't have that spirit. You haven't been doing anything that was sinly or that wasn't of God, but all of a sudden, something has entered into your household you're trying to figure out where did it come from? How did I get like this? Why am I thinking like this? Why am I acting like this? Why am I so snappy with folks? Why do I feel depression? It's because a spirit has hitchhiked a ride with you from a person that you thought was a friend. These hitchhiking spirits that are hitch a ride with you because they see you doing good. Well, you got to ask yourself, well, how was that spirit able to hitch a ride with me? How was that spirit able to hitch a ride? How was that spirit able to really connect itself with you like that from a person that you thought was a friend? You got to understand, just like I said before, a witch and a warlock ain't somebody with a pointy hat with stars all over it, putting potions in the pot, trying to work roots on people. That's not a real witch. A witch is somebody that you eat dinner with, you socialize with, you talk on the phone with, and when you tell them about your children doing good, and they say, mm, well, that's good, and you thought that you was going to get a better answer than what they gave you, because in their mind, they're trying to go against the goodness of the Lord that is moving in your kid's life. That's the witch. It is that person. That you walk with, you talk to, you on the phone with, you eat 
dealing with. And the whole time, you're telling them some good stuff that's going on in your life. You're telling them how God is using you. You're telling them how God is making a way for you. You're telling them that you're finna get a loan on your house if the Lord's willing. You're going to get blessed with a house or you're going to get blessed with a car or your children going to get blessed with something. And you begin to tell them all this good stuff, but in their mind, they're against it. And then you wonder why that thing didn't fall through because that spirit, that spirit has hitchhiked from that person because that person had ill thoughts about you and you didn't know it. It was secretive because they're jealous of you and they're envious about what God is doing in your life and they has hit the ride with you. Because they, whenever they think something ill about you, that spirit that is attached to them begins to attach to you because they thinking about you. Y'all better start checking some folks. You didn't get the response about the goodness of the Lord in your life. You need to start checking some folks and say, are you really my friend? Or is this something we need to talk about? Is this something we need to discuss? Because now a friend is supposed to rejoice when you get blessed. I, I'm a, every friend that I have, if I get blessed, my friend is supposed to be rejoicing with me. They're not supposed to be envious of what God is doing in your life. If they're envious of you, if they're jealous of you, they are not a true friend. But it is a spirit in the sky that's trying to hold you down. The attachment. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. It says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Now, I want you to look at this word. This word, this is something that the body of Christ is doing and not realize they're doing it. Why? Because the devil will trick you and say, that's my high school buddy. Oh, somebody don't want to hear what I got to tell them. The devil will trick you and say, but that's my kinfolk. I, I can go to the cookout and they can, they can smoke weed and snort powder in front of me. That's my kinfolk. They, they can drink in front of me. That's my kinfolk. Go home with a spirit you didn't know you had. And you got to understand something. You may be strong enough to fight off the alcohol, but that person that was drinking the alcohol got more than just an alcohol spirit. But they going to pit what they need to pit to get you down. You're strong with the alcohol and the marijuana and all that stuff, but see, they'll pick another spirit that you, you still got issues with. You still got to fight sometimes. That thing will jump on your back like this. And like my son say, get it up, horsey. That thing will jump on your back and you and start riding you like a Brahma bull. Y'all better listen to what I'm telling you. The word fellowship. What is fellowshipping? What is fellowshipping? Social. Fellowshipping meaning socializing. Let's go have tea. Let's have a cup of coffee. Let's go to the movies. Let's go shopping. Let's go to brunch. And some folk who don't, I'm just going to go on and say it, some folk who ain't got there yet, let's go have a drink. Fellowshipping. We'll do all the other type of ministries. 
We'll follow all the other type of ministries. But when it comes to people and you're attached to folks that they ain't serving God and you want a fellowship, talking about you want a fellowship, and then you wonder why you can't get blessed and you say, what is stopping this blessing? You say, I'm not drinking, smoking, cursing, laying around. I pay my tithes and offering. You begin to wonder. Pay my tithes and offering. Give to the poor. I pray. I read your word, Lord. I, I, I feel like I'm in a place where I need to be, but what, what, but what is it? Why? This is the New Testament. Somebody say, this is the New Testament. So there's no way that you can say, uh, like, you know what some folks say when they want to do what they want to do. That's in the Old Testament. God done done away with that. <laughs> God ain't done away with nothing. People just use that as a scapegoat so they can get their way. But what we read tonight, this is in the New Testament. What we're supposed to be following. It says, be not unequally yoked. I mean, what does that mean? It means that you're not equal. There's no equality there. They don't believe what you believe. They believe something else. You're unequal. Okay? Well, you got to understand what yolk means. I ain't talking about an egg yolk. I preached this thing one time before. A lot of farmers in here know what an old style, you know what an old yolk look like. A yolk, it's a long wooden thing that curves and got a dip in the middle, it's for two oxes or two horses to be yoked together so that they can move together. Wait a minute, oh, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, now, now you're supposed to be saved, but, but now, uh, but God said in his eyes, you're moving together. You saved, but you're moving together. You saved, but you're walking together. You saved, but you're socializing together. Because the yoke was made by man so that way when he gets ready to get on the carriage ride with a horse, two horses, or when he has to plow or, or, or cultivate his crop, his land with two oxes so that they can be yoked together so that they can walk together at a steady pace. This is what's holding you back. So you mean to tell me you can be saved but still be doing the same thing in the spirit with, a, with the unsaved? In the spirit, though, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? He said, what fellowship do you have? What, what y'all going to take communion together? Let's sit down. Let us pray. Let's pray. Let's go over scripture, Bible readings. Let's talk about how good God is, how good has he's been to us, how he made a way out of no way for us. No. He says, what communion has light with darkness? Stop right now. Now I ask God a question one night. I said, Lord, your word says, what communion has light with darkness? I began to pray. I said, Lord, why, why is it when I go and I, I, I talk to someone else, we just don't click? 
Have you ever just, just, just come upon somebody and y'all just don't click? You say, well, something ain't right. We just, you just don't click. It's just something just ain't right there. You, 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 you try to talk, but then you, yeah, the weather look nice today, don't it? Yeah, look like, look like it's been raining. You enjoying all this rain? Yeah, it's good rain. Why? Because you have nothing in common. But I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why is it in the ministry, we got some folks in the ministry and in other ministry, prefer to be around other folks that's not serving God rather than the church, the people that are serving God. I began to ask God them questions. Why would you rather go out and you know what the Lord spoke to me and told me? He said, it is possible. It is possible for a Christian to socialize with darkness. I said, Lord, how is this possible? Because your word says that the light is afraid to go into the darkness unless their deeds be reproved. I said, how is this possible? He said, it is possible because the, the, the people that are supposed to be in the light have some stuff in common with the darkness. And he said it might not be on the same level or the full magnitude of the darkness, but there are some issues in their life that they can socialize with darkness and feel fine. Socialize with darkness, fellowship with darkness, and feel a-okay. Everything all good. It's because there are some things that the, per that the Christian, the person who's supposed to be serving God, hadn't dealt with yet. It's some things that they hadn't dealt with yet. So it's some things about that other person that's, that, that they have in common. They got some stuff that they can talk about. They have a certain topic. I'm just going to go on and say it. Smoke no more, don't curse no more, don't drink no more, don't lie no more, don't cheat no more, don't steal no more. But wait a minute, what is this thing that, 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 that you can't keep your leg closed and your pants can't stay up? So you're not doing all this other stuff, but wait a minute. But your girlfriend or your homeboy, y'all got a topic. Y'all can't talk about drinking and smoking no more because you don't do that. No more. You can't talk about cussing and cheating and stealing no more because you don't do that no more. But there is something. There is something you say that we can talk about. We can talk about how good Booker T did you last night. And then sit down Christian folks talking with other Christian folks about bathroom stuff that ain't godly. Talk about how good such and such does and how good that and all this together. Sit back, laugh, and talk about it. He said, what, and what communion had with light with darkness? Verse 15. Watch this. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with the infidel? What is the infidel? A non-believer. Don't even believe. 
See how, see how this word Paul, Paul here is talking to the church of Corinth and he's covering all ground? You notice how he said what, what fellowship you have with the righteous, with the unrighteous? Well, he, well you know who he's talking about. He's talking about Christian folk who act righteous, they ain't righteous when they ain't home. Because if he wasn't talking about that, he wouldn't bring up infidel. Infidel means non-believer. So the Christian believe, but they just ain't going to do right. But right here, <laughs> then he says Christ with Belial. Who is Belial? Belial means another word for the devil. Belial also means uh, the god of flies. See, some of y'all got to understand something. You go to a house and you see flies, just fly swarming all over the place. And, and the trash been taken out and the dishes was washed. And you're like, what in the world are all these flies? What are all these flies in his house? And Belial is the name for a god that's called the god of flies. And it's another name for the devil. And all wicked men in the Bible. They would call them the sons of Belial, meaning the sons of the devil, wicked men. I'm talking about somebody that look clean, act clean, walk clean, talk clean, but flies just follow them everywhere they go. Something is not clean. Y'all better hear what I'm trying to tell you now. I'm showing you some stuff. But what part has he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement had the temple of God? Say, I'm the temple. I'm a temple of God. What agreement? In Amos chapter 3, verse 3, say only two people can only walk together unless they be in. If you ain't agreeing about everything, just like I said, you agreeing about one thing. It's something y'all got agreement with. That's causing you to be attached to certain people. Had the temple of God with idols. For ye are the temple of the living God. And as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. Oh, this is powerful. Y'all don't, ooh, I need some folks just in the spirit right now. It's, I just feel like so we finna get ready to go in the spiritual realm. We're finna go in the spiritual realm. Look, God said, God said, not only you're a temple of God, and not only he said, I'm, I'm gonna be in you, but he said, I'm gonna walk around in you. Good God Almighty. Oh God, you you're not just gonna live in me, but you're gonna walk around in me. You're gonna put action to your 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 indwelling spirit inside of me. You're not just gonna live in me, but you're gonna walk around in me. That's what the word of God said. I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Verse 17, wherefore, come out from among them. Look at your name and say, come out from among them. Look at the next person and say, come out from among them. Tell them, come out from among them. Them folks that's keeping you from running for your life. That's a song they used to say, I'm running for my life. I'm running for my life. Yes, I'm running for my life. I'm running. I don't need nobody tying a rope around my waist trying to keep me from running from the vision that God has called. And be ye what? Separate. 
Separate, be ye separate. Saith what? The Lord. Now, the reason why some folk can't do this, because to them it's just God and not Lord yet. There's two, there's two type of Christians. One type is somebody who say, you are God. I believe in you. I believe that you, you created me. I believe that you are supreme and there is nobody like you. And then there's the other person that say, you are God and Lord. You are God. There is nobody like you. Nobody can contain you. Your ways are superior to all ways. You are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and end. But you are Lord. I do what you tell me to do. I move when you tell me to move. When you say stop, I stop. When you say go, I go. You're not just God to me, but you are Lord. You have lordship. You have dominion over my life, the way I think, the way I act, my motives, and everything that I possess, and everything I contain. You are not just God, but you are Lord. You better hear me good. Somebody need to shout. Right now, you're not just God, but you are Lord. You have dominion. You have dominion over my life. Saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Now, wait a minute now. God is saying, I'm not even receiving some folks. Some folk praying, I ain't even listening to what they're saying. Some folk asking me for stuff. I, look, I can't even give them that. This is a hard word, ain't it? The Lord said, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive. He said, I will receive you then. So that means that some folks are not getting the blessings of God like they're supposed to be. Why? I mean, I just don't get this. Why are you not going to get the blessings of God because you just love Suzanne so much? You love Timmy so much. You love DeAndre so much. You love Quentin so much. That you will stay there and let somebody hold you back, keeping you from receiving the blessings of God. Because there is an attachment. Verse 18. He said, and touch not the unclean thing. Be not unequally yoked with non-believers. What have the righteous with the unrighteous fellowship? What communion with the infidel? What part will Christ have with Belial? What's holding you back? What's keeping you? I guarantee you, a lot of times, people have dreams. And I'm just going to go ahead and you have, people have dreams. But because of an attachment, their dreams were squashed. An attachment squashed your dream. And I'm just going to keep it real with y'all. Some people had dreams. God then showed you what, they, what you're supposed to do, male and female. Male and female. But then you land around with somebody, say they're your boyfriend, your dream squashed. A lot of folk have dreams. They do stuff they ain't got no benefit doing. End up in jail. Dream squashed. Dream squashed. But God is telling you this morning, now's the time to get your dreams off the shelf and blow that dust off of it because God says, I want you to dream again. I want you to have vision. Pick that vision up. 
dust that vision off and say, I'm finna run with this thing. Grab that thing, tuck it up under your arm like you finna carry a football and you finna go for the touchdown. And you ain't, and whatever come your way, if they try to attack you that way, you're gonna stiff on that devil. You're gonna do a spin move on that devil. But you grab that vision and you run with that thing. It's time for us to run. The word of God says that if you prolong a vision, that vision can be destroyed. 